Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2, the safe space created for Black women by Black women to strip away the taboo of talking about mental health. You'll hear from mental health professionals and advocates as well as Black women sharing their experiences as we break down the complexities, explore ways to heal, and support each other. My name is Ashley, I'm your host. Whether you're a seasoned regular or this is your first time tuning in, thank you so much for your support. Now let's get into today's episode. My name is Ashley and welcome to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2. I'm super excited to sit down on the couch with you guys today. Um, I have a really special guest that spoke to a while ago, I want to say a few weeks ago when we connected and I was like, man, I cannot wait to record this episode. So today we have Ryan Lasan on the podcast today. Lasan, oh my gosh, I still screwed it up, didn't I? I, I still screwed it up. Ryan Lasan. You got it. If you're listening, I hate pronouncing people's names wrong. Um, so I'm going to repeat this multiple times throughout the podcast. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, we have Ryan Lasan. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Ashley. And thank you to your listeners. Yes. So you're delighted welcome. to be here. Equally, I'm so excited. Equally as excited and delighted. Yay. And thank Yay. you. Yay. Awesome. Super fun. So Ryan, let me give you guys a little bit of a background. Ryan is, is a mastery mindset coach. She is the mastery mindset coach. Uh, over the past 10 years, she has coached over or nearly a thousand high achieving women specializing in the unique needs of high achieving black women to advance their professional dreams by overcoming and healing from self-limiting mindsets of imposter, syn imposter syndrome and perfectionism. Ooh, I know about that. Uh, she is the wife of a very loving and supportive super guy and a mommy to a very special love bug. She's a proud member of the Lynx Incorporated and Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated and a graduate of Spelman College and Georgetown University. So let me just give, I need to have a button that's like applause, but I'll oh, just give you so some fun. applause. Thank you. Thanks. That's <laughs> yes. fun. Thanks. It's, welcome. Nice welcome. You're doing Thank a lot you. of like amazing things. Thank you. Um, I know that. We're going to touch on a lot of uh, a lot of things this episode, but you are definitely the first mindset coach uh, okay. that I've had on the podcast. So I'm really excited for everybody to meet you. But not only that, uh, Ryan is also an energy healer. So we'll yeah. get into a little bit of that later. But um, she's got a lot of things going on and I'm, I'm super excited to get into them. But before we roll into the episode, we're just going to take three minutes. It's a quick three minutes. It won't feel like three minutes. It's probably going to feel like one. But we're just going to ask Ryan some quick questions. And you just kind of give me the first thing that comes to mind. Fun. Okay. You ready? Yes. All right. What is your favorite meal to cook? Uh, first thing that came to mind, chicken parmesan. Ooh. Are you a morning person or a night owl? Newly morning. Oh, what time? 5 a.m. Oh, I'm so impressed. So new. All hail to Actually, morning people. Since I, the summer. Yeah. Since the it's summer? newer. Newer. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm really enjoying it for sure. Yay. Are you, mm -hmm. do you like, was it for a specific purpose or like a job change or something? You know what I remember? I needed to take my niece to a very early morning flight, like a 6 a.m. flight or something like that. So I had to be up like incredibly early. And I, again, when that happens, like appreciated the morning. I was like, ah, you know, this is like really sacred time. And then I started to get up at that time for whatever reason, it started to be 
become a habit. And since then, it really has become my time. Now, what I also have done is I've started to go to bed at like 930 when my daughter goes to bed, um, which I used to stay up until like 12, but I would be at my desk literally like this from 1030 to 12 and like, you know, that stoop over. So I don't mind. So I'm in bed at 930 and I'm up at about 5, 515 now. And I like it. That was awesome. Goals. Thanks. Maybe maybe I'll try it one day. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Are you a cat person or a dog person or both? Definitely dog. I appreciate cats, but God all the way. God spelled backwards all the way. Dog. Okay. Okay. I can't argue that one. Mm. (laughs) Popcorn or Mm. M&Ms or both at the same time? Oh. Oh, that's a good one. Maybe all three. All three. Okay. That's hard. I like it. That's hard. Mm, each on its own and together. Yeah. Peanut M&Ms for sure, though. Okay. I'm peanut butter M&Ms all the way. Oh, so yeah. is my bestie. Yes. Yeah. I'll peanut settle butter. for peanuts, I, I though. Like, I like. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, well, you know, peanut butter is a close, close yeah. one and a half. Yeah. Right behind it. <laughs> um, what's one cool feature you would add? to your dream house or to your house right now oh uh steam shower steam shower oh i never thought about that oh my gosh oh absolutely steam shower would be so okay with some essential oils or like the eucalyptus exactly i've seen on instagram those like beautiful bunches i guess trader joe's too but like those eucalyptus bunches with lavender and rosemary oh my goodness like that Yes. I would totally add that to my house. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, me too. Shout out yeah, to Trader Joe's. I love Trader Joe's. <laughs> um, okay. Describe the last time you laughed so hard you thought you would cry or you did cry. Oh, I can actually tell you it was just a couple of oh, it's so sweet. It was a couple of um days ago. I was sharing a story with my husband about our sweet neighbor friend's son, who is absolutely amazing. And it tickled me, just the little story that I shared tickled me so much that I literally like had tears in my eyes. It was so oh, sweet. It's just the sweetest, 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 sweetest family and child. And it was so sweet and so cute. I just literally laughed until I cried. Oh, I love that. Those so moments cute. are just good for the soul. Good for the soul. It was yes. a good one. <laughs> it was. Well, the next thing we're going to do is just get into our mind games questions. So before we kick off into my juicy questions, we are going to do the mind game question. If uh, I'm changing the segment up. So you guys hold on to your horses. We're changing it up. The change is good, right? We are going to basically give you the mind games question now. And mm-hmm. then at the end, we'll give you the answer. So you got to stick around. Don't leave. You can hit pause and come back later, but don't leave. <laughs> so today's mind game question um if you if this is your first mind game segment that you're listening to in the mind game segment i basically read uh the definition of a mental health disorder and you guys get to guess and i give you all the symptoms um and the types of treatment and all all that good stuff with the answer so ryan you ready for i am this question? is exciting i feel like i want to pick out Okay. Actually, I'm like, oh, this is so interesting. What's it gonna be? I'm all All right. Okay. So for today's mind game question, this disorder is a mental health condition in which you can't stop thinking about one or more perceived defects or flaws in your appearance, a flaw that appears minor or can't be seen by others. 
but you may feel so embarrassed, ashamed, and anxious that you may avoid certain social situations. Uh, when you have this disorder, you intensely focus on your appearance and body image, repeatedly checking the mirror, grooming or seeking reassurance, sometimes for many hours each day. Your perceived flaw or flaws and the repetitive behaviors cause you significant distress and impact your ability to function in your daily life. The treatment for this particular disorder includes cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT and medication. Some of the symptoms uh, or one of some of the most common features that people tend to fixate on with this particular disorder uh, are different features on their face, such as nose, complexion, wrinkles, acne. Um, it could be their hair, uh, hair that is thinning or baldness or just their overall appearance of their hair. Uh, maybe the, the skin and vein appearance, which is interesting. Hadn't heard of that. Um, breast size, muscle size, and tone. And for some people, even genitalia. So that is the uh, mind games description for today. Ryan, do you want to guess? I won't tell you if it's right or wrong. Okay. So I can guess now. Actually, let's guess later. We'll guess later. Okay. It's now. Okay, write down, okay, yeah, write down okay, your guess. Okay, I do we'll have guess a later. guess. I have a guess. Okay. I have a guess. And, and the guess that I have, and I'll share it whenever, whenever you guide me to share, is I'm not sure if it's actually, first of all, this is so interesting. And I I would just love to hear like trivia more about this. This is like so fascinating to hear this. this oh, way. That's that a is good so idea. fun. That is a really, really good idea. <laughs> really like, wow, what is it? You know, what is what is the mind game? Love it. Um, I am not sure if my guess is an actual like um a disorder or if it's like a category of disorders do you know what i mean if it's mm -hmm. like a collective i'm not sure because i don't really know enough about it so mm -hmm. i'm excited to yeah hear. yeah okay well hold on to that guess and okay. at the end we'll have you say your guess and then i'll give All you right. the, the final answer fun, fun. that's great I, cool. that was very interesting that was a very interesting disorder very you. sticky I, I, one that's a sticky yes. sticky sticky I always sticky like to find like Ooh. interesting ones you're like is it this is it this I don't know <sighs> I may have heard of it before but then like yeah. some of these symptoms are new mm -hmm. um but yeah I always try to find some some interesting ones but I like the trivia idea so I will write that down on my big board of fun. podcast ideas <laughs> that is fun that's fun that's cool yeah so Ryan what Let's get into your career as a mindset coach. So how did you, how did you end up here? Like what inspired you to, to become a mindset coach? Yes. Okay. So I love this question because in, in all honesty, it's like, where in my life do I begin the intersection of the story? You know, because how did I end up here? Um, just even certainly dialing back to the very, literally the very beginning sort of of life. Um, I, I have to attribute not so much the business of what I do, but the interest of what I do, honestly, from my upbringing. My dad is a like total nerd and geek about the mind, mindset, productivity. So things like Stephen Covey as a kid, like cassette tapes, okay, in the car, Stephen Covey, um, 
sales, my mom was the same about psychology. So we did all, you know, books on tape about um, mind, mindset. So, I mean, it's really something when you look at my parents' libraries in their homes, it's like literally in their home, it's literally, you know, from my roots. Like I, I have to say that. Now, that may be, you know, sort of may or may not be interesting. Where do things get interesting? You know, sort of like, like, huh, you know, how did you get into that specific field? I will say that I, you know, did a lot of things, explored a lot in my 20s, um, which I would, you know, recommend people to allow yourself to explore different kinds of things, different kinds of careers. And I was at a point where I had um, created a passion project, which was called at the time Inspire um, it was called Inspire Sunday Brunch. And I started that in 2012, the summer of 2012. And the idea was to have a platform. I didn't originally think I would fill the platform, but it was to have a platform to bring my girlfriends together and to talk about these professional development um, type of conversations, which I was creating and crafting at work through the career that I was having at the time nonprofit, in this nonprofit that I was running. And um if, and I just, you know, had this passion project. And then fast forwarding, I got a little bit lost in my mind because I was like, okay, where do I go next? Fast forwarding to this nonprofit. So I was working and, you know, we talk about sometimes when we talk about our careers, when we talk about these impasses where it feels like the world is imploding on us or we're, you know, maybe filling a narrative that feels like it's a typical one or it feels like you're getting boxed out of something that you might love or why do things at work feel so chaotic? Well, in retrospect, what I have come to appreciate is that meant growth for me, right? And so I could frame it as like this really difficult time, which it was in my life and in my career. And it was called growth. <laughs> that growth was very uncomfortable. And growth said to me, it is your time to leave this very secure nest that you have outgrown that is frustrating you and eating at your soul. Okay. I mean, it was a real, real thing. Um, this growth, <laughs> this thing called growth. And I had this project called Inspire that I was nurturing. I had, um, I had renamed it to be Inspire Image Consulting. I had created an LLC for it, um, but I wasn't doing, you know, I, I wasn't like actively, um, it wasn't a business. And so I left this nest and started a business. It was not a coaching business. It was, it was, this, it was a business that I knew I wanted to empower people, inspire them to grow and to like be better versions of themselves. Well, again, life is so amazing. I happened to take a class where I, at my alma mater, Georgetown, that was taught by a coach. She came in and she said this very profound question. Do you talk to yourself as if you are your own best friend? And it was one of those moments where I had two responses. I got read on two levels. <laughs> one was like, at no. And that's very painful, like to come to that realization yeah. of like, um, no, I don't. I actually am very critical. I'm judgmental. Who would talk to themselves as if they're their own best friend? How would you get anything done? And <laughs> two, right. And then two, I had this like, 
aha moment of, oh my gosh, this is the level of conversation I want to be having with people. Like, this is the conversation. What is your relationship with you? You and you. You know, what is that? And it was the first time I'd ever been introduced to this thing called coaching, mindset coaching, leadership coaching. So I went back to school and got my certificate again from Georgetown. I, I do love the school and uh, and became a certified professional coach. Then I started like an actual business business. And that's a whole nother topic that I think, you know, in this conversation may be worthy of having, but I'm going to sum it up this way and saying that running a business is a completely different journey than becoming, you know, a mindset coach. Business mm -hmm. is totally, totally different. And coach was a whole level of like getting in touch with perfectionism and how and imposter syndrome and how that has a grip on someone and their dreams. And then standing as a business owner and asking someone to pay you your value and standing in your value and understanding your worth. I mean, and then understanding systems. And that was the most band-aid ripping rawness of like, it's you and you, you and your dreams and perfectionism, imposter syndrome and distractionism are things that you must tackle and like really get into a zone of recovery around if you're going to move forward. So it is a long and short of like, how did I get here and what do I do and what does it mean? And the, those three mindsets can and will destroy dreams. They will send them to the graveyard. And I, I have had to over and over and over and over again in my business, pick myself up off of the ground, like in puddles, doing the same thing that I teach my clients to do because, you know, I'm like everybody else, you know, I have anxiety too. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like a real thing, you know, yeah. I get it. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. I know you mentioned, um, the, the change in mindset and like the shift that happens. And I, I want to ask you, how does your mindset, uh, how is your mindset different now than it was 10 years ago? That's a really, really great question. Um, one, I think overall I am much Okay, let me let me start in terms of trying to organize. That's a very that's an interesting question, because um, okay, in so many ways, what I'm getting as like a visual image, like a maybe a metaphor, some type of visual, is um, sort of like waves. It's like I've come so far, right? I've come so far in my recovery, let's say, and. So that's like, it's like, it's like the undercurrent going out. I can go like really, really far out and then life happens. And then there's like a wave, you know, and then I can go really, really far and then a wave. So I say that to say like, there is no zone of like Zen, you know, there's no zone of like, ah, oh, this is just, I'll study. It's like always growth, but it's like how to deal with growth, how, how to mm. be in growth and not have your nervous system so overstimulated where you're believing the negative thoughts, where they are so true that they are like impacting your ability to function and move forward. 
And so, yeah. Okay. So, so I'm hearing like you over time, it sounds like you've, you've, you know how you're better at dealing with that ebb and flow of life. So things yes. come along, growth happens, change happens, uncomfortable eras for some of us happen. And the mindset is really what helps you manage through those ebbs and flows of life. I would say that's the first layer. And then breaking that down into practical steps, I would say one is mindfulness. Mindfulness is really, really important to build that self-awareness of like, I am in flow and I'm not in flow. Number two, I would say is really from that awareness, leveraging support networks is really, really important. I have a coach. I also have a therapist along with the doctor and all this dentist and all the other good things. And I share that very openly because I am in the work and this work is my expertise. Like I, this is my jam. I am very, 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 very good at this. But guess what? I cannot, like everybody else, I cannot see my blind spots. Mm. And like everybody else, I've got big dreams that really scare me. I've got, you know, I was raised by loving people who were totally crazy and I'm loving and I'm totally <laughs> crazy. And it's like, you know, you've got to process through these things and we've got help. And so I would say that's, that's another piece that really does help me manage this whole idea about mindset. It's learning about it, learning about yourself and also having the support. I call it a brilliance team. And I literally coach my clients to create one um, and to keep it ongoing. You know, what do you need? What do you not, what do you need to automate? Uh, what do you need to, um, is it a house cleaner? Is it your groceries? What, what can you automate to take off your list so that you can, you know, focus on other things and you don't have to be so wound up um, in all areas, but all of those things I think are really, really helpful. Yeah. And let's go me. back to that first step of mindfulness. Um, yeah. I think, I know we've talked about mindfulness a couple of times on the podcast, but for somebody that may just, maybe this is their first time hearing that word. Can you like, how would you describe mindfulness? Yeah. The, I, mindfulness, I think um, mindfulness is one, a concept and two, a practice as a concept. I would say it is the idea of being able to recognize when your mind has wandered off, which like 99% of the time it's probably doing, it's thinking about something. It's probably not thinking about like the present moment, observing, whatever. It's thinking about ruminating on something, thinking about something. And so mindfulness is the ability to be able to notice that and to bring your mind back to the present and then notice it again and come back to the present and to practice this enough where there's this state of mindfulness, a state of beingness, where you're, you know, able to be more present. But what does that mean? I would say that means that being more present, a couple levels. One, being more present means, you know, not being hijacked in thought and like actually being present. Like I'm talking to you and I'm not thinking about other things. My grocery list, I'm, I'm here, you know, I'm connected. Present also means, um, that you are that you are able to engage in a way with your own thoughts where you're not like hijacked emotionally by something else. You know, you're like consistently present. And then it comes through practice. Practicing meditation is generally the way to become more 
mindful, which is this ability to like notice my mind is hijacked and come back. My mind is hijacked and come back. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Um, Yeah. I think that is, I think understanding that word, it seems like it's like, it's kind of like a buzzword nowadays. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to actually have the breakdown of like, what is mindfulness and like, how does meditation intertwine with that? And I, I know for some people, meditation is thinking of nothing, but I, for me, I think of when I, the times when I am able to just sit and like do a guided meditation for me, it's kind of like, it's been letting the thoughts come in, recognizing them and kind of like making a decision to not continue to think about that and trying to focus on just being present or just being, just being, I guess. Right. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And I, and I actually teach um, meditation. I teach mindfulness. And that's actually, that is exactly it. So when we talk about this idea of like thinking about nothing, that's really, I, I would say that's really a myth and almost a misnomer. I mean, the idea is that you're able to, you know, transcend thought sort of in these micro moments. And yes, after like long periods of meditation, like years and years, can you maybe go, can you, yes, absolutely go into these Medit very deep meditative states. And can you do it quickly? Absolutely. But that's not the point. The main point of meditation from a mindfulness practice, not necessarily from a spiritual practice, from a mindfulness practice, is exactly what you said. It is the ability to notice my mind has wandered. And in that catching of your mind and being able to pull it back to center, back to a focal point, that's the exercise. That's the win. So in fact, failing, like getting off the path and catching yourself and coming back, that's, that is the win. Because what that means is, again, when this, as this becomes a, a habit, and I don't mean a habit like 10 years, I mean, you know, the ability to, you're in a heated discussion um, and you notice like I'm angry and mm-hmm. my attitude is angry and I'm about to say something that's very fierce and I don't really want to say that and I'm noticing and I can I can more easily catch my thoughts and my feelings and I can route myself to my center a little bit more than I could have without my meditative practice and that's how like the rubber meets the road because you're like oh in real time in real situations where I could you know let things go awry I have more capacity to be mindful choose my mm-hmm. words. And that's, and that's just one example of one time, you know, but that's yeah. what mindfulness helps us do. Yeah. I love that. I love that example of just a very real, I feel like real life example <laughs> from like family to friends to just, you know, mm-hmm. making it a decision in that moment when somebody like runs over your heel with the grocery cart, are you going to snap or are you, do you have the mindfulness to decide, okay, what is the reaction that I want? What, yes. you know, okay, I'm, I'm angry for this hot second. And now what? What's next? Exactly. Stimulus and response, as Stephen Covey, you know, talks about it. Absolutely. I think yeah. Victor Frankel talks about it that way too. Mm-hmm. I, need, I need to look up yeah. all these names that you keep up. <laughs> <laughs> so Ryan, you, you mentioned earlier, one of the things that you, um, that you coach is perfectionism. Mm -hmm. And I remember um, when I was doing my, my research, I was like, wow, I don't, I don't think I, I guess I didn't realize perfectionism could be coachable. 
which is, I think that's really hopeful for me, <laughs> for me, especially I'm a Capricorn yeah. and I'm very much like a perfectionist mm -hmm. and I like to be in control. So mm -hmm. what are some tips that you have? Or, well, let's roll back for perfectionism. How does fear, anxiety, and perfectionism, like how do they connect? Mm. How are they intertwined or how, they, how, they, how can they be intertwined? Yeah. Fear and anxiety with perfectionism. Okay. So let's, let's first just very quick distinction for perfectionism because it, it's quite different than often what people think that it is because people think, oh, I don't have that because I'm not perfect or I don't need my pencils lined up in a row. And then they hear the definition and they're like, oh, maybe that is me. So perfectionism as a mindset really is this idea that uh, one one has one has like a belief system or kind of like a perspective that says until I'm ready or until my idea is perfect or until like think of maybe like uh, a project that you have or an email that you need to send and particularly one where you feel like if 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 I am seen with any mistakes in this thing, my reputation is on the line. Now that could be when you really get into it, that could be anything like, what does my hair say? What do my nails say? What, what do my shoes say about me? And if the sense is I am not perfect enough, I am not ready enough. I'm not enough. I'm not, I am not ready to be seen. I'm not ready to be exposed. I'm not ready to stand in that light. And so the, con the consistent behavior pattern is getting ready to get ready. I'm getting ready to get ready. What are you doing? I'm getting ready to get ready. Well, how's your business? It's getting ready to get ready. Well, how's that idea? It's getting ready to get ready. I'm getting ready, ready. I'm planning. I'm thinking, yes, well, where's the action? Well, you know, that gets very scary. That part gets mm. So here's the fear, right? So if there's a story internally that's at the core of it that says I'm not enough, essentially the, the root emotion of that is shame, right? Because I'm not enough just simply opens me up to vulnerability of exposure of not being mm -hmm. enough, not being perfect, not enough, not worthy. I mean, it just, it's the belly. It's the, like the, literally the bowels of, of, your, of your feelings. And that can, you know, essentially a symptom of that or, or an outcome is of that is anxiety. Am I enough? What do I do to then be enough? How do I then act to become enough? How do I, you know, chastise myself or judge myself to then be enough? Um, and that produces a, a high level of angst, you know, um, and then how does perfectionism, excuse me, how does imposter syndrome then, you know, a, like a cousin or even um, very much tethered to this and how it gets, can be very loopy is I'm not perfect enough. And then I might step into this role and I don't want to be caught as an imposter. I don't want people to know that I really don't know how I got here, or maybe I don't have all the answers. And so it like trips up on itself. You know, I'm not perfect and I'm an imposter. And so they can be very tightly woven in terms of their symptoms. Um, and then distractionism is this sort of offshoot of things are so overwhelming because I'm ready to get ready all the time um, that I'm constantly distracted. I just can't quite focus and get to the priority. And so it really, fear, fear is at the essence of it. Yeah. All of those enough. sound like mm -hmm. 
That's all. <laughs> Understood. Understood. I, sister, I hear you. I yeah. understand. Like, yeah. you just read my, my, uh, if I had a book, that would have been my bio of the book. Like, <laughs> perfectionism, distractionism, uh, imposter syndrome, fear, all of those things balled up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what I really, you know, in terms of acronym, I love the acronym fear because it really is the mind. And when we talk about the mind, the mind is more than the brain. The mind is your entire nervous system. The mind is your skin, your eyes, your ears, like all of that is part of the mind. And the mind um, has a mind of its own. And its job is to keep us alive, which means we are hardwired to really have some very scary, scary, scary thoughts, which create very scary emotions, which create very scary body responses. So in a flash of an eye, you can imagine yourself doing something very scary, like raising your hand or, you know, and having your voice heard or public speaking or seeing a dog or anything else that can invoke fear in you. And immediately, like, we're frightened. And so we've got to really, like, understand what the, like, that the mind is like, you, you, you are, you are, you and I, we, we are like the whole thing. We are our, our minds. And how do we become more mindful, using that word again, of what our mind is telling us? And a lot of times disbelieving what it's saying, because that fear, that false evidence appearing real, it's not real. And the mind wants to believe that it is because it wants to keep us safe, but it's not. We've got to, we've got to really lean into the truth, which is the reality you really have, which is the truth. Like you are enough to yes. take seriously the first step, yeah. let alone like the first 20. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, trying to get to that point um, is, is definitely tough. I, I think, feel like that's a long it feels like a long journey, but it is nice to know that there is someone like you that can help with that because it can sound very intimidating and like overwhelming um, to just realize, oh my gosh, maybe I am feeling all of these things. Maybe you're listening to this and you're like, oh, this is what I'm going through. Somebody's actually putting words into all these feelings that hang out in my nervous system. And, um, but yeah, so, so. Mm -hmm. Let me know. I know that you yeah. mentioned um, working with women, specifically high achieving women, mm -hmm. kind of conquer these these pieces. Um, and so what are some of the benefits? Because I know we're talking about like what happens when these things are happening. But what are some of the benefits that women see once they do start to conquer these things like self-doubt? Mm -hmm. fear and perfectionism and all of those, all of those things you just mentioned. Yeah. So broadly, and then concretely broadly, I will say what people feel is a real, a real inner shift um, and a, 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 gr a greater sense of, I think when I say greater sense, I mean, longer micro moments of more gentleness internally Um more, um, a greater ability to integrate your whole self, meaning a lot of times what happens when we, you know, unravel, right? When we're unraveling, the inner dialogue can be things like, I hate my life. I hate this. This is terrible. This sucks. This, I just, only if I could, if only, this, you know, I mean, it's like, can be very, 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 not just toxic, but like, 
you know, eroding of self. And essentially what has happened is self has abandoned as self has abandoned self. Like self is like, I'm checked out. You're right. You suck. <laughs> yeah. You the worst man. You know, you, who the hell would send some kind of email like that? It's like the dumbest, like, wow, self has really abandoned self. And so essentially what, what we're, what we wind up doing on a very like core level is not abandoning ourselves. It's like, because those moments happen. Mm-hmm. Why did I send that email? Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm a good person. Okay. Secondly, I'm a good person. Let's just stop there. Right? Yeah. Like, let's just cut it. Like yeah. cut, cut this, cut, cut the abuse, cut the mm. self-abuse, cut just a greater ability to like cut it off at the source more quickly, you know, rather than six days of ruminating around something, maybe it's like three days because you've got greater tools. And then, you know, so that from a core level. Now, what do, what do, what do people tell me? I've got people who, one woman that is on like testimonial video saying that she has let go of the story that as a black woman, she has to work twice as hard and expect half. Well, mm-hmm. now I will say this is an anthropological success because that is that is a story and a narrative that is deeply rooted in yeah. our psychology as black women, you know, and for her to have dismantled that through like coaching work and all of all of the things that she has done, you know, that is her work. That is not my work. She has done her own work. I did support and help guide a lot of that. Um, she did her work. That's the thing. She did it. And that's a huge story to, you know, be a huge story to dismantle. Um, one woman said, was it, I, I got a $100,000 increase in my pay. Was it worth it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say so. You know, so yeah. some very concrete, when you think differently about yourself and you show up differently for yourself, you know, cataclysmic things tend to happen, um, which is great, you know, which is great. And so, so yeah, those are those are some of the ways I think you know coaching really really can help. Just from from more than money standpoint, you know, to be able to say that you are there for yourself more often because life life is 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 life. Life is challenging. Life is. I, I don't love to say that life is hard, but like literally, we live in a physical universe. Like this desk is hard. Like yeah, the gravitational pull. You know, right? <laughs> life like, doesn't stop. Chaos is part of literally scientific universe. So it's like, yeah, you know. But how do we how do we better manage the chaos without losing ourselves? Without yeah turning ourselves over to the anxiety because it's very real and it can be all consuming. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. That is so mm-hmm. true. Um, mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little bit more about, I think I mentioned earlier, but can you tell me a little bit more about the, I guess the demographic or the, the type of women that you are seeking to work with? Yeah, absolutely. And I love this question when we talked about this earlier, because, you know, what is a high achieving woman? What does that mean? And what I said then and what I say now, what I will say now and I'll say anytime is I think that is absolutely self-defined. I will define it like this, though, meaning self-defined, like I can't define what a self, uh, what a high achieving woman is for anybody except for me. Right. And I can say that I am high achieving. I can observe and say, wow, I think she's high achieving. She's high achieving. But it's because of a quality, not because of like any other indicator. And the quality is a person who leans into their dreams 
right? Because we all have dreams, but not everybody is really grappling with how do I accelerate and advance into this, whatever that is. How do I make this like better? How do I breathe life into this? How do I expand this? How do I make myself better? How do I, expansion just keeps coming up. How do I evolve? Um, how do I make an impact? Whatever that is, you know, and to me, that's high achieving. That's somebody who's stretching, growing. That doesn't mean that that person would necessarily um, say they're high achieving. In fact, let me say this. When I started my business, like the actual like business business in um, 2015, and I was like really starting my marketing, I was talking to my to my dad, and I was talking about the state of women, you know, like the women that I coach, like how I describe them. And I said, I want to call them like highly ambitious and highly um, motivated and high achieving. And he said, yeah, but Brian, you know, that's not necessarily how they would talk about themselves. And that's true, right? Like they might not say... I'm high achieving, but I don't really actually think that that's true. I think that they would say, I am high achieving and I feel stuck and that's the problem. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) No, I'm claiming I'm a high achiever and the issue is like, how do I take action on this? How do I believe it? How do I make it happen? Not am I high achieving? Like, you know. Yeah. Um, we know. It's we like know. battling that, okay, I know what I'm capable of, but why am I not there? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And that's, you know, like that has no kind of, to me, marker other than that. Like I can't put a degree on it, an income on it, a label of anything else other other than what you exactly said. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope that whoever's listening, if you even feel like this is, a title that that fits like embrace it because I don't think we do yeah. that enough especially as black women we like I feel like we, we fight really hard for a certain for to be in the space and sometimes we don't claim these titles that can feel like is this am I doing too much by calling myself high achieving no you've achieved a lot you are like on the Absolutely. track that you want to be on like of, yes you're high achieving I am high achieving I remember I left that conversation you know, the phone call that we had. And I was, I was, I thought about that for like a couple of days. It's like, high achieving. Am I high achieving? I feel like I was high achieving, but I am. I think I'm, yeah, I'm high achieving. I feel like I'm a high achieving woman, but it takes a second to like, let the words kind of like roll off (laughs) off your tongue. Like I am, am I, I am high achieving? Yes, I am. And like, we should, I feel like we should own, own those things more own those titles more yeah Yeah. you know well thank you Ashley for that feedback just in terms of the experience with that word um because I and I love the idea of like something growing on you I've had that experience where you're like it kind of like washes over you where you're like oh Mm -hmm. and then you're like noodling I like I yeah you know like I love (laughs) that that's so cool and then that washing over of like yeah, I, I, and I'm happy that, like, what a declaration for you, you know, yeah. like, I am high achieving, like, that means something, I've, that's a real, like, to me, like, a shift in your own value of your value, you know, yes. like, that's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Good it was, you, like, you are high achieving. Thank, thank you, I appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> yes, and so, shout out to all the other high achieving women, even if you don't know <laughs> it yet, 
That's You're right. gonna get there. Give yourself. You a will. You'll days. noodle on this. You'll be like, oh, it'll hit you at a stoplight. You'll be like, oh my gosh, I am high achieving. Like, yes, ah. that's me. That's me. It's always been me. There you go. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about um, the three energies of professional advancement. Mm. I want to get into that. So what does that mean to you? What are those yeah. three energies, and, and how do they connect with with advancing professionally? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I really love talking about these three energies a lot. I talk about them all the time and with my clients in my practice. And the first, which is clarity, really has two pieces. And the first piece is we cannot soar like we can no, here, here's the way to phrase it. We can only soar as high as our fears will allow us, right? That's as high as we're gonna go, as high as our fear will allow us. So we've got to get clear on what what's causing the fear not what necessarily like why although that can be important but what is it like what literally is the mind telling you literally and this is where mindfulness and the guided conversation and all the things are so important because here's the essence of the question what is your mind telling you are the reasons why you can't whatever can't blank And those literally are the reasons why you can't, like literally, Mm. right? Like those are all the reasons why if you are at the starting line or even maybe the finish line of that goal, and then you put a butt in between you and that goal, those are all the, all the reasons why, like we don't have what we want because of Mm. those butts. Okay. So get really clear on that. We also have got to get, and that's called healing. (laughs) That's called healing, healing. Okay. On the, the long road. Incredibly <laughs> important. Okay. And we also got to get really clear on what is your brilliance? What is your strength? What are your interests? What are your passion points? We It has to be balanced. We cannot focus only on healing and we cannot focus only on our strengths. We've got to like really heal both. We've got to accept both. We've got to lean into both. And we want to focus on, in my opinion, like the things that we are good at. Like that's where we find joy. That's where, so getting clear, clarity, 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 clarity on where you want to go. What do you want to do? How do you want to spend your energy? All of that is so, so important. Then we're talking about courage and confidence. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when we talk about confidence, it's really about believability. It's about believing I can. And the thing that's inherent about confidence is most of the time when we're experiencing something new, inherently there's a lack of confidence. And as as adults, we forget and we have been not only do we forget but we have been totally socialized to believe that we should not ever experience something new or practice things or that like mm-hmm. oh no you know the first time that you as a mom this is my case you know are taking your kid to kindergarten or to whatever it's kind of thing like that's going to be scary like this is new for you <laughs> like there's going to be a lap in confidence like to allow that to sort of be the expectation. And we don't, you know, we don't accommodate for that. And then, so that's inherent. But then also, you know, what are all of the idiosyncrasies that we each have? So what does my little nervous system tell me are all the scary things that are going to happen about my dreams or happen if I get exposed or happen if people see blah, 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 blah. You know, that erodes my confidence too. So we've, we've got to like gain, believe Believe, 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 believe that you can. Believe that you can. Believe that you can. 
And then courage is about taking action. We live in a physical world. We cannot, listen, I am like a true metaphysician. Like I want a PhD in metaphysics. Like I say that, I claim that, I am not shying away from that. However, and I'm all about Abraham Hicks. Like I'm all about manifesting. I'm all about believing and letting go in the whole cycle and all of that and and the receiving piece. I totally get it. And this is an action-oriented world. Part of receiving is about taking action. You cannot receive necessarily, and speaking very gross terms because the universe can do anything. Nonetheless, it's very difficult to receive, um, you know, like let's say a promotion if you hate your job and you never raise your hand. Like there's a discrepancy there, you know, like that's going to be really difficult. Um, So nonetheless, like you got to take action. You've got to take action. That's why you can't just like think it or be misaligned with it. You've got to take it. So the last piece, courage. I got a little bit sidetracked of like, I believe this, (laughs) but sidetracked the courage, courage piece to take action. This is a physical world. So that clarity, confidence, and courage, you know, are the three energies that in combination are a great recipe for advancing and moving forward. Clarity, confidence, and courage. Yes. I need like a sign of of those three words in my office. (laughs) And neon lights, right? In in neon lights. I get it. That would be cute, actually. I get it. That would be cute. (laughs) That would be cute. I like that. Yeah. Um, So tell me a little bit about... How, like, why does uh, entrepreneurship, um, let me roll that back. And I don't have the stat. I should, I should have had the stat ready, but I know that black women are are among one of the biggest, I know as of last year, we were the biggest group or the biggest demographic to be starting new businesses, to be Mm -hmm. business owners, um, to be new business owners. So I, I think with that, as someone who is like, attempted to start a business and rolled back then attempted to start a podcast and rolled back and then back and forth, back and forth. Um, it can be in very intimidating for me. So, um, but I know for, I know for me why the fear was there and it was a fear of failure, but also a fear of the unknown because I didn't necessarily have somebody to tap into that has grown a big business or grown, you know, a marketing company, which is what I was doing at the time and trying to figure out the ins and outs of that from a business perspective. Mm-hmm. So I wonder from your perspective, what what do you think are some of the, the specific fears that cause that p- Black women going to pursue entre- entrepreneurship are feeling? Mm-hmm. That's such a, such a powerful and I think necessary question. I want to answer it thoughtfully and in organized way because there's a lot I want to fit into that answer. So primarily, I want to break it down into two buckets. Um, one bucket is like a mind mindset bucket um, that branches off into like also like a kind of practical bucket. So holistically starting, um, entrepreneurship, unlike any other type of work, is one where it's you and you. It's you and your vision. It's not you and Coca-Cola's vision. Mm-hmm. It's you and your ability to value yourself, not your ability to be paid to value Kaiser Permanente or whomever else. Um, 
there is no training staff that's going to train you on these other marketing messages to say they come from you. Um, there is no one to set the price to say we sell this for $1.99. Whether you like it or not, you set the price based mm-hmm. on what you're offering, which a lot of times is your service. Mm-hmm. So the list could go on and on and on and on and on about what this idea of entrepreneurship entails, let alone any kind of confidence in your skill. And I'm going to get into the distinction about that later, like the skill of marketing, as which was, I'm sure is your skill being that you were going to start a marketing company. It's probably among other skills. I'm sure you have many, but I didn't hear you say that you were starting a biotech firm, right? So that's mm. biotech is probably not your skill. It's probably yeah. marketing. So let alone like be competent in your uh, in your in your own arena or in your in your field of work. So we've just listed like a whole host of things that can cause someone to really be trapped in perfectionism, imposter syndrome, and distractionism. Am I enough to charge this? That could derail a business. Am I enough to, um, who am I to go to this network meeting and stick my hand out and say, I am a coach and I have, I mean, all of those things absolutely can cause someone to feel stuck, which means there's a great sense of fear that's happening. And so all of those things are things that are totally, totally coachable, totally coachable. And that's part of entrepreneurship is this idea that it is you and your ideas. And that's part of what makes it so incredibly difficult is that it is like rot for those mindsets, those self-limiting mindsets. Now, here's another piece that I want to say that I did not understand until not only I got into business, but I began to learn about business. And I want to recommend this book to any person, and I want to make a quick distinction, any person who wants to start, has already started, or has been in in business for a decade is if anyone is in small business. Now there's a strong distinction between entrepreneurship and small and small business. I'll make it very quickly. Entrepreneurship, you're thinking about somebody who is like, you know what? I want to own a business. So I'm going to buy a franchise and I'm going to like start a business. A small business owner is a person who is like, I'm a coach or I'm a marketer or I'm a baker. And generally this person has walked into their establishment that they are an employee of such as I did. And one day they walked in, they looked around, they were like, I'm not coming back here. What I'm about to do is I'm about to take my smarts and I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to start my own thing because this up in here is like not what I'm going to do anymore. Like, I don't want to be here. So he, Michael Gerber, which I'm going to tell you about this book, it's called The E-Myth Revisited. This is the first thing he teaches is that we have these entrepreneurial seizures and we start these small Mm -hmm. businesses but we don't know how to run a business. Now this is, and I say this because this is where the anxiety, the fear, where it is wrought for disaster because most of us start a really terrible job for ourselves. Like I started a really terrible coaching job for myself and guess what? My boss was nuts. She was me and she didn't have any systems. She didn't know her value. She didn't know how, all this was new. How, how would I have known how to do any of this? Mm. None of this was new. I thought I was going to like, you know, have a business and somewhere, somehow, like, I don't know, there's going to be cash flow. People are going to like sign up for what? I don't have a, what, what is a business? Like, Mm. that's a real thing. 
And I have like, I literally learned that that's a real thing. And when I tell you that was like that journey and it continues to be, it's not like I've learned and I'm just at some level, like every day is a new learning thing. So every day, even though I've been doing this for seven years as a business and I'm successful, I have to manage my nervous system because this stuff is still new. It's still new. It's still me. It's still my dreams. It's still big. You know, um, it's still highly uncomfortable. Um, I'm still putting processes because it's a bit, it's a business. It's not a hobby. This is not a hobby. Yeah. No, I appreciate your your transparency because I think be coaches, whether it's a mindset coach or a business coach or a life coach. And we kind of think, well, this person must have perfected it. They must have perfected this thing. And I think it's really refreshing that you are so open and saying that I'm on my own journey. So as much as I'm awesome at helping everyone else, I still, one, have a coach yourself, but also two, I'm still on my own journey. I'm still managing the my my growing dreams and still sometimes like look up at them and go oh my gosh I'm am I doing this I'm doing this and I think that's 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 a great thing when somebody is also in them in that position themselves to know that okay you you're still familiar with these feelings like you're not so far gone in like the perfect mindset it's not and it, what I'm hearing is it's not about perfection it's about this constant growth in this con this this tree that is constantly getting nurtured and loved and like watered and you know um as life goes on so yeah I appreciate you just yeah yeah talking thank a little you. bit about your own experiences thank you I appreciate that and you know th- and let me say this too that this is um I've, I've always been I think like a sharer and somebody who's who's wanted to connect like um soul to soul I think that's you know, part of like what draws me to coaching. I will say that as a perfectionist in recovery, this has been a learned skill to stand in authenticity because guess what? I would have come in four or five years ago into a podcast like this. Like, okay. I'm, I'm saying this because I think this is so just like so damn important to talk about the distinction. I would have come in like, okay, this is a listening audience who are like perhaps filled with like a whole array of people that are, are about me and about my business. And like, I have to like show up perfect. I have to like be totally quaffed. Everything I say has to be like exact. I've got to like, you know, like that is torturous. Like that's that whole way of being is so Horribly exhausting. It's horrible. Okay. <laughs> yes. And so not that like I don't care anymore. I care <clears throat> deeply and desperately and like all the things I care. And the only way to like really connect with people and to connect with myself is like to be honest. And that is why I'm also damn good is because I talk about this with my clients. Like, listen, I hear you. Yes, this is a real thing. This is fear. I can he- I hear it. <laughs> like I act like I'm lasered in like I get it you know because like it's real and it's raw and so I think you know for for perfectionists we want to put this layer you know where people don't see that processing and not that everybody needs to see your whole process but the point is you're enough that's the point you are enough 
Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Yes. I want to give that some air. You are enough. Mm. Yes. So I want to go back a little bit because I know that we've talked a lot about mindset and um, kind of your, how you can help people with their mindset, but also just some nitty gritty details about like, what is mindset? And, but I want to get into the energy healing aspect that you bring in, because that was something that really piqued my interest as well when we spoke. Um, I'm really, I mean, my mom is like certified Reiki practitioner and like very into energies. And I grew up around crystals before I even really knew they were crystals. And I come from a very Jamaican household. So it's very spiritually uh, aware. So I, I was really interested and you said, okay, I have this piece of me, but I also have this other piece that can intertwine. So tell me a little bit about your relationship with healing energies and kind of how you enter that space and how you, like where they intersect. Yes. (laughs) So again, it's like, huh, where to start with this story? (laughs) So I'll say this, when I was a kid, oh gosh, where to start? So that's such a really moving question. Um, I'll say... I've always felt um, very drawn to like, I'm just really searching for a word because religion is not at all right. Um, Spirituality, yes, uh, but even maybe broader, like spirituality, metaphysics, like Mm. the whole idea that thoughts become things, that thoughts feelings, the energy, like being able to transmute energy, the idea, even as a kid, the water cycle was so fascinating to me. That was the same substance, just in all these different forms. And so I think like I have a very meta brain that like can see, I like literally can see these connectivities that can, that happen with things. And they've always been there. And there's always been this strong drive and proclivity to like um, things like mindfulness and meditation and chakras and reiki, just for like no reason. Do you know what I mean? It's like I just yeah. like like in, like down a portal because when I look at my like my closest girlfriends, you know, my crew and my parents, like they're not talking about chakras and energy healing, and so I I share that too because. This part of my journey has been one that was another um, real grapple and wrestle with perfectionism and mm. really, really imposter syndrome a lot because, you know, as a Black woman, as an American Black woman um, who was raised in a Christian household, uh, not a dogmatic one for me, fortunately, because that meant I didn't have to unravel my parents' belief in what mm. I am, where I am. In fact, they were quite very supportive of me. Um, nonetheless, um, I, you know, have always had this like very strong draw to like express myself in that way. But when I really started to do like deep dive study and like 15, 16, 17, really deep diving into crystals and chakras and understanding more about um, just the energetic body and even talking about words in this way, you know, like the, it, 
this embodiment of words. Um, it was like not really closeted, but you know, it was hard to hard to talk about. Like, yeah. what do you mean hypnotherapy? <clears throat> or what do you what do you mean meditation? Or what do you like wisdom of the crystal? Like, what is that? You know, and and again, for a person who um, unconsciously you know, has a nervous system that's like very sensitive. And that, and this is also why I'm an, I'm an intuitive. I'm highly, highly sensitive. My nervous system is perceiving and we all are, but like, I'm very sensitive to perceiving energy. Anyway, as I learned, I got greater distinction, greater words, and it was all very true for me with like a capital T, like you have found your home. And so it was something I couldn't really deny. Mm -hmm. And the more I learned and the more I put into practice for my life and the more I had practiced on me with different practitioners and the more I integrated it in my, in my practice and you know, in my practice, it's my safe cocoon. Um, so while 99% of the women that I coach are high achieving black women in my safe cocoon, I taught with 99% of them being, you know, raised in Christian households. And not that it's counter to anything, but I am talking about sometimes things where people are really dismantling. I had a woman the other day really talking about dismantling um, her money story as it relates to religion. You know, mm. like that's really, and, and we talk about that in coaching, being able to dismantle in, in all religions, there are mistruths. Of course, it's taught by human beings, you know, it's like wrought with all kinds of craziness. And so how do we dismantle that for ourselves and come up with our own truths as adults? And so I, I, I was really using a lot of these tools and techniques, Reiki, you know, crystals, working with chakras, balancing um, energy bodies, releasing trapped emotions, using this in my practice on clients and getting amazing results. And, you know, when something's part of you, you just can't hide it for very long. And so, um, so yeah, so it's part of what I do. It's part of my practice. It's part of how I support my clients. Um, it's something you can do via distance. Um, everybody is an energy worker, whether they know that or not. Everybody is an intuitive, whether they are, you know, aware of that or not. But we are all um, sentient beings. We are all energetic beings. We are all beings that have emotion and senses. And so we all are perceiving energy literally all the time. Yeah. Wow. No, I think it's a beautiful intersection and yeah, I think it's definitely exciting to know that there's somebody like you out there. Yeah. Um, I really hope that if, if you're listening and you feel like Ryan would be a great coach for me, I hope you reach out to her. Um, yeah. I really appreciate you taking the time. I'm not closing out just yet. We got to get into the mind games answer, but I'm, yeah, I'm really excited about what you're doing. So, yeah, I think it's, it's really awesome and really needed. And I hope that it, I hope that you're able to connect with, um, with black women that, um, can self-identify as help as high achieving and, and really, uh, dive in with you to, to kind of tackle those, those little like voices in our head of perfectionism and the little voice that says, no, you're not capable. You don't belong here. Like you have a seat at the table, but you shouldn't be there because you're not qualified. Like all of those things that kind of like cloud our spaces, especially when we finally start to taste 
that goal that we have or the goals that we have, um, even if it's goals as in just motherhood, just trying to be the best mother that you're trying, that you want to be, or trying to be the best spouse that you're trying to be and, and dismantling some of those blockers. So yes, it's very mm-hmm. exciting work. I appreciate you coming Thank on. You. Thank you. Yes. It's been so fun. So fun. You're a wonderful wonderful interviewer thank you, you oh thank beautiful you. engaging questions thank, <laughs> thank you, you. really fun lots of practice <laughs> lots see of practice. practice right yes. lots of practice not perfect okay yes. so for everybody out there who wants to start at anything let alone a podcast ashley has demonstrated for us it is practice thank is. you i received that because <laughs> there are several i'm like this should be right already it's your first time ryan right yeah how uh-huh, perfect no <laughs> practice girl right yes thank you yes (laughs) thank you for the reminder (laughs) so we're gonna hop back to the mind game segment we're gonna wrap that one up now earlier at the start of the episode I gave you a description of a mental health condition and I won't read the whole thing of what I read earlier but I'll read just a little blurb just in case you need a refresher or if you want to hop over to Dr. Google and just find the answer you can do that too um so the mind games question Here we go. Just a little refresher. So this disorder is a mental health condition in which you can't stop thinking about one or more preserved, uh, preserved, I can't speak or read today, (laughs) perceived defects or flaws in your appearance, a flaw that appears minor or can't be seen by others, but you may feel so embarrassed, ashamed, and anxious that you may avoid social situations. When you have this disorder, you're intensely focused on your appearance and body image repeatedly checking the mirror, grooming, grooming, or seeking reassurance sometimes for many hours a day. So I won't go through the whole thing, but Ryan, do you want to take a guess? I I will. Uh, Before that, I really, again, want to say how appreciative I am of this and for a very specific reason. One is that you very well maybe have, have a listener out there who now has language, language creates worlds, right? Words create worlds, has a greater language for like, oh, wow, you know, that's happening to me. Or, and, and, and if you are having, if you are experiencing this, one, know that you're not alone because clearly there's like people who are experiencing this too. And please get help. Like yeah. this sounds like it's very uncomfortable to experience. And so, you know, as a person who believes in helpers, like I encourage Mm -hmm. you, I invite you, I give you permission that if any of this is jiving with you, you know, do, do support yourself. Yeah. And what do I, yeah. What (laughs) maybe body dysmorphia? Yes. Body dysmorphic disorder. Good job, Ryan. Yes. Good job. Great. Thank you. But yes, I agree with you 100%. That was kind of one of my thought process processes behind the mind games segment is because I, I feel like for me, I go through things where I read, whether it's on Instagram or I'm on like psychology today, or I'm looking at different mental uh, wealth or mental health uh, blogs and I read things and sometimes they resonate with me. And maybe it's not even something I'm feeling right this moment, but I'm like, man, when I was like 25, I was feeling this, like what's described here. And I didn't really have words for it. I didn't really know. I didn't even know really how to ask for help because I couldn't describe what I was feeling. So yeah, I'm, I thank you for, for making that so connection. Important. Yeah, it's so um, important. And like Ryan said, if this is something, uh, if this is something that you even feel like maybe there is, maybe you can resonate with, or you're like, man, I feel like I'm going this, or my homegirl talked about what she was going through, and it kind of sounds like this. Mm-hmm. Not saying to self-diagnose yourself, but I think 
having language, especially if you are going to get help, whether it's group therapy or a life coach, or you're going to see a psychiatrist, or you're going to art therapy, and this comes up in conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's always nice to just have these things in your back pocket of like understanding, okay, I have words for this specific disorder. Um, just a quick recap. So for, again, the answer is body dysmorphic disorder. The treatment of body dysmorphic disorder is cognitive behavioral therapy, aka CBT. You probably heard that on the podcast. Um, and medication. Those are some of the treatments that are going to come directly from like a psychologist, a therapist. Um, some of these symptoms, which I thought were pretty interesting, are being extremely preoccupi- preoccupied with a perceived flaw in appearance um, that either can't be seen or appears minor. Uh, strong belief that you have a defect in your appearance that makes you ugly or deformed. Belief that others take special notice of your uh, appearance in a negative way or mock you. Um, Engaging in behaviors aimed at fixing or hiding the perceived flaw that are difficult to resist or control, um, such as grooming or skin picking. Um, Attempting to hide the perceived flaws with styling, makeup, or clothes. Um, constantly comparing your appearance with others, having perfectionist tendencies, uh, seeking cosmetic procedures with little satisfaction um, and avoiding social situations. So I will make sure to put the link for the answer in the description. So if you want to look into it a little bit more, feel free. Um, But yeah, hopefully that, hopefully if this is something that you feel like, you know, you feel like you resonate with or, you know, maybe a family member or a cousin or a sister or a brother. It's not just women. Um, If you feel like maybe this is something I can at least tell them about and maybe they need the language just as much as, you know, I need the language. So, yes. Well, Ryan, I will just say it's been a pleasure talking to you today. Um, I'm really happy that you made time today and I appreciate your time to come on the podcast Um, And just sit and talk with me. Um, But tell the people kind of where they can find you and where if they want to reach out for coaching, if they want to reach out and follow your your journey on social media or wherever it may be, how how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you for this wonderful, incredible conversation. And thank you to your listening audience. Um, So if, if you feel moved, like you were like, wait a minute, I want to talk to Ryan. (laughs) I need to talk to her. If you're like feeling so moved, please, please, please reach out and get yourself on my calendar for a free discovery call. It is 45 minutes with me where we will talk about your hopes, dreams, goals, what's jamming you up and how support can be helpful. So that is a free call with me. It's at my website, www.inspirebrandconsulting.com backslash gift. And then I also have a free tool that I offer, which is a free quiz, which will help someone identify, not prescribe or diagnose or anything else, but just identify the confidence killer that might be in your way, which is either perfectionism, imposter syndrome, or distractionism. And that you can also find on my website too, inspirebrandconsulting.com. And then on IG and Facebook, you can find me at Inspire Brand Consulting. Yay. Perfect. So make sure you guys hit Ryan up for all of her information. All of her links will be in the description. And thank you so much for offering a gift to my audience. Like, I hope you guys take advantage of it. Like, that's awesome. Um, I really, really do appreciate that. But thank you again, Ryan. Um, And thank you to everybody else that's listening. 
I really, really like, I really love y'all. Um, I love that this is, this community is growing, not just with like more people listening, but also me being able to meet more people and connect us all together. So, um, I want to just say, uh, shout out to you today. Shout out to you for listening to this episode. Shout out to you for, you know, if you've done something today for yourself, pat yourself on the back. I don't think we do that enough. Like give yourself some credit today. Um, if you've rested today, <laughs> give yourself some credit today. Um, yeah, we just need a little bit more self-love. And I'm probably saying this because I need to say it to myself. But <laughs> but thank you to everybody that's listening. Uh, make sure to follow us uh, on Instagram at Black Girls Have Anxiety Too. Uh, also on Twitter at Anxious Black Girls. And oh, yeah, I'm on TikTok. Your girl is sending out, I'm doing these videos. I'm trying to finally figuring it out. Um, but yeah, make sure to give us a follow. Thank you again for tuning into this episode. And this has been another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety Too. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety Too. No matter where you are in the world, I really appreciate your support. See you again on the next episode, but until then, follow us on Instagram at Black Girls Have Anxiety Too and on Twitter at Anxious Black Girls. That's Anxious BLK Girls. And remember, just because you're struggling doesn't mean you have to struggle in silence. The more we talk about it, the more we heal.